With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. Bonjour à tous. Hello, everyone. Yesterday, we marked one year since the pandemic officially began. No matter who you are, getting through the last 12 months has taken strength. It has taken courage. But above all, it has taken hope. There are still many days to go in this pandemic. But each one that passes, just like each person who gets a vaccine, brings us closer to the better days ahead. À ce jour, on a livré plus de 3.8 millions de doses de vaccins contre la COVID-19 aux provinces et aux territoires. On va recevoir des millions d'autres doses d'ici la fin du mois. Et à partir d'avril, on va en recevoir, recevoir encore plus, plus rapidement. Cette semaine, l'équipe du Major général Fortin au Centre national des opérations a coordonné un exercice de répétition avec les partenaires de l'industrie ainsi qu'avec les partenaires fédéraux, provinciaux, territoriaux et autochtones. Cet exercice était afin de s'assurer qu'on soit prêt pour la phase d'accélération des livraisons. Toutes les ressources sont mises à contribution. Hier soir, on a eu notre 28e rencontre des premiers ministres. On a marqué avec une déclaration conjointe euh, cet anniversaire solennel et les héros qui travaillent depuis les tout débuts pour nous garder en santé. On a reconnu les familles qui sont en deuil, les gens qu'on a perdus à cause de la COVID-19. Et on a souligné encore une fois l'importance de continuer à travailler ensemble, continuer d'être là, en équipe, pour tous les Canadiens d'un bout à l'autre de ce pays. Nous allons continuer de le faire. Nous allons continuer d'être là pour vous. Based on new delivery schedules from Pfizer, I can confirm that Canada will receive at least 1 million Pfizer doses per week from March 22nd to May 10th. A million doses of Pfizer alone every seven days. That's going to make a big difference. We have shared these updated delivery schedules with the provinces and territories. This is so they can continue to plan for mass vaccination sites to get you and your family protected as soon as possible. Every dose makes a difference. Last week, Susan from DDO in Montreal wrote to me to say that she and her husband, who are both seniors, had gotten their first dose. She told me about the relief they felt after a year of worrying. Susan, je suis content de savoir que vous et votre mari soyez enfin plus en sécurité. Comme j'ai dit, tous les gens qui le veulent vont pouvoir se faire vacciner avant la fin septembre. Une des meilleures façons de se protéger contre le virus, c'est de se faire vacciner. Et pour les personnes déjà vaccinées, c'est important de continuer de faire sa part pour assurer la sécurité des autres pendant qu'on continue à augmenter les vaccinations. L'hiver a été long. On attend tous le printemps avec impatience. 
en tant que Canadiens, avec nos grands espaces, on aime ça passer du temps à l'extérieur. Dans la dernière année, surtout après des journées de réunion sur Zoom, il y a beaucoup de gens qui ont redécouvert à quel point c'est agréable d'aller se promener dehors ou sortir avec les enfants à vélo en fin de semaine. C'est important de pouvoir sortir et de se déplacer. C'est pourquoi, au cours des cinq dernières années, on a fait des investissements partout au pays, dans des projets comme le Kelly's Brook Path à St. John's et le Grouse Mountain Trail à Vancouver. Ces projets ne visent pas uniquement à créer des sentiers de randonnée ou des chemins accessibles en fauteuil roulant jusqu'à l'arrêt d'autobus. Ils permettent à tout le monde de se déplacer. Ils nous aident à bâtir des communautés plus saines et plus fortes. Et sur ce front, on a franchi une nouvelle étape aujourd'hui. As Minister McKenna announced earlier this morning, we are investing $400 million dollars for bike lanes, trails, and pedestrian bridges across the country. This is part of our historic public transit investment over the next eight years and our plan to create a million jobs. This will lead to stronger communities, clean air, and new jobs. And that's a win-win. And that's our blueprint to come roaring back from this pandemic. As we rebuild from this crisis, it's up to us to create the kind of Canada we all want to see a country where everyone has what they need to succeed. Right now, one of our top priorities is ensuring that no one misses out on vaccines. This includes Indigenous communities, which are particularly vulnerable to the virus. Vaccination is underway in over 530 Indigenous communities and communities in the territories. And for Indigenous people living in cities, we're working with the provinces and territories to get everyone their shots as soon as possible. Of course, keeping people safe and ensuring communities have the resources they need doesn't end with vaccines. And on that front, this morning, I want to talk about where we are with long-term drinking water advisories. Earlier this week, we marked an important milestone in our partnership with First Nations communities, the lifting of the 101st long-term drinking water advisory since we took office. Thousands of homes now have clean water. That's real progress, but I know that there is more work to do. As Minister Miller has said, we will not stop until everyone in every community has access to clean water. Finally, I want to end this morning on the news that the Canadian economy gained 259,000 jobs, both part-time and full-time, in February. For the workers who are back on the job and for the families, this is the good news they need. Every step of the way, our focus has been on supporting Canadians through the storm. But let's not forget there are still far too many people for whom things continue to be really tough. If that's you, know that you're not alone in this crisis. We're here to help you get through it and get back on your feet. That's exactly why we are extending the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy and the Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy and Lockdown Support at their current levels until June, as I announced earlier this month. For places like the Hamilton Conservatory for the Arts, the wage subsidy has been the difference between having to shut down or keeping people on the payroll. And it's the same story for millions of workers right across the country. Quand on a créé la PCU en mars dernier, je me souviens de vous avoir dit qu'on allait vous apporter le soutien dont vous avez besoin au moment 
où vous en avez besoin. Ça n'a pas changé et ça ne changera pas. Ensemble, on va s'en sortir. Merci. Et je passe maintenant la parole à la docteure Tam. Bonjour à toutes et à tous. Today, we'll start with a numbers update, closing out a week of remembrance with renewed commitment to the efforts that we shape our future. Today, there have been 899,757 cases of COVID-19, including 23,671 At the same time, over 2,050 people with COVID-19 were being treated in our hospitals each day, including about 540 in critical care. To date, close to 3,000 variants of concern cases have been reported across Canada, with the B117 variant accounting for over 90% of these to date. During the past year, And in the lead up to yesterday's National Day of Observance, I received many notes from Canadians sharing their reflections on the year that was, including the heartbreaks and the lessons that were revealed along the way. To all those who have lost loved ones during a year when we could not ease their passing or mem memorialize their lives as we would have, I extend my deepest sympathies. Though difficult, though difficult times have passed without them, the day will come when we can gather again with friends and family to honor their memory and celebrate their lives. As vaccine programs continue to escalate, more than 2.7 million doses of vaccines have been administered across Canada. Over the past week, provinces and territories have administered close to 600,000 doses of COVID-19 vaccines, which is the highest number of vaccines administered in a single week since vaccination began in mid-December. We are making progress every day, and as the snow melts and, and the first day of spring is just over a week away, I know that we're all anxious for the finish line on this long marathon. But right now, racing towards the finish could cost us the success we've worked so long and hard for. Right now, We need to run the mile we are in and keep to a steady, cautious pace. Let's all continue to support Team Vaccine by not providing any opportunities for Team Variant to gain more ground. Before I close, I would like to say a special word of thanks to incredible public health workforce in this country and around the world. Dedicated people, too numerous to count, have and will continue to work tirelessly behind the scenes not just since COVID-19 was declared a pandemic, but in the lead up, during and long after. From those who test and trace at the local level to those who bring us the latest numbers and pour over emerging evidence that shapes and adapts our guidance across every area of the response, thank you. This is truly the largest, most complex response in the history of public health and the public health workforce in Canada has been dedicated to giving their best efforts every day. 
On behalf of all these quiet heroes, I dedicate my closing public health message. Please remain vigilant, follow public health advice, and keep up with individual practices that protect us and our families. It is up to you plus public health. Thank you. Bonjour à toutes et à tous. Nous commencerons aujourd'hui par les derniers chiffres, alors que nous achevons une semaine de commémoration où nous avons renouvelé notre engagement à l'égard des efforts qui faceront notre avenir. À ce jour, il y a eu 899 757 cas de COVID-19 au Canada, dont 22 371 décès. Il y a maintenant plus de 30 670 cas actifs au pays. Au cours de la dernière semaine, plus de 3050 nouveaux cas et 31 décès ont été signalés en moyenne chaque jour. Pendant la même période, plus de 2050 personnes atteintes de la COVID-19 ont été traitées dans nos hôpitaux chaque jour, dont environ 540 étaient aux soins intensifs. Jusqu'à présent, près de 3000 cas de variants préoccupants ont été signalés au Canada et le variant B117 représentant à ce jour plus de 90 de ces cas. Au cours de la dernière année et pendant la période ayant précédé la journée nationale de commémoration qui s'est tenue hier, de nombreux Canadiens nous ont écrit pour nous faire part de leurs réflexions sur la dernière année, notamment les chagrins qu'ils ont éprouvés et les leçons, leçons qu'ils ont retenues pendant cette période. À tous ceux et celles qui ont perdu des êtres chers au cours d'une année où nous n'avons pu apaiser la douleur laissée par leur disparition ni commémorer leur vie comme nous l'aurions fait en temps normal, nous vous, nous vous offrons nos plus sincères condoléances. Malgré les moments difficiles passés sans eux, le jour viendra où nous pourrons nous réunir de nouveau avec nos amis et notre famille pour honorer leur mémoire et célébrer leur vie. Alors que nous ex exécutons plus rapidement les, les programmes de vaccination, plus de 2,7 millions de doses de vaccins contre la COVID-19 ont été administrées au Canada. Au cours de la dernière semaine, les provinces et les territoires ont administré près de 600 000 doses de vaccins contre la COVID-19 le plus grand nombre de vaccins injectés en une semaine depuis le début de la vaccination à la mi-décembre. Nous réalisons des progrès chaque jour. Alors que la neige fond et que nous sommes à un peu plus d'une semaine de l'arrivée du printemps, nous, nous savons que nous sommes tous impatients de franchir la ligne d'arrivée de ce long marathon. Toutefois, à l'heure actuelle, courir vers l'arrivée pourrait nous coûter le succès pour lequel nous avons travaillé si dur et si longtemps. À l'heure actuelle, nous devons nous concentrer à franchir la distance qui nous reste à un rythme constant et prudemment. Continuons d'appuyer l'équipe des vaccins en ne laissant aucune chance à l'équipe des variants de gagner du terrain. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Avant de conclure, nous voudrions remercier tout particulièrement l'incroyable personnel de santé publique ici au Canada et ailleurs dans le monde. Des personnes dévouées, trop nombreuses pour être comptées, travaille sans relâche dans les coulisses depuis que la pandémie de COVID-19 a été déclarée. Elle le faisait également avant la pandémie et, et continueront de le faire longtemps après. Les personnes qui s'occupent de dépistage et de la recherche des cas à l'échelle locale jusqu'à celles qui nous communiquent les derniers résultats et qui se penchent sur les nouvelles données probantes en vue d'orienter et d'adapter nos directives sur tous les fronts de l'intervention à la pandémie, nous vous remercions. Il s'agit véritablement de l'intervention la plus importante et la plus complexe de l'histoire de la santé publique. Et la main-d'oeuvre en santé publique au Canada s'efforce de faire de son mieux chaque jour. Pour tous ceux, ces héros discrets, nous concluons par ce message de santé publique. Restez vigilants, respectez les directives de santé publique et suivez les pratiques individuelles qui nous protègent, nous et nos familles. Nous comptons sur vous et sur la santé publique. Merci. Merci beaucoup, Dr. New. On va commencer la période des questions aujourd'hui avec le premier ministre pour 20 minutes avec une question et une sous-question. Les ministres et les docteurs resteront disponibles par la suite pour une autre 20 minutes, en commençant par le téléphone. Thank you, Dr. New. We will start, the, uh, we will start questions with the PM today for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, one question, one follow-up. The ministers and doctors will remain available afterwards for another 20 minutes. Starting with the phone, en commençant par le téléphone. Opérateur, c'est à vous. Thank you. Merci. For questions on the telephones, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. Pour toute question au téléphone, faites étoile 1 sur votre appareil. La première question, Marie Vastel, le devoir, à vous. Oui, bonjour, euh, M. Trudeau. Je voulais revenir sur euh, ce que vous avez dit ce matin en entrevue à CTV sur l'idée d'un passeport vaccinal. Vous avez semblé faire une distinction entre un passeport euh, pour l'international puis un passeport euh, qui serait euh, requis pour certaines activités euh, domestiques, là, si je peux dire. Euh, vous semblez évoquer, en fait, qu'il y aurait une question de, de, de charte et de droit en parlant d'égalité. Est-ce que c'est ça le problème? Et du coup, est-ce dire que vous excluez l'idée d'un passeport vaccinal euh, au, au, au niveau domestique? Je n'exclus rien, Marie. Je pense que nous allons voir comment les prochains mois vont se découler, comment on, on devrait s'assurer et un certain retour à la normalité, en même temps en protégeant les Canadiens le plus possible. Mais on voit très clairement qu'il y, y a deux enjeux par rapport à des, des certificats ou des preuves de vaccination. Un, ce serait euh, cette idée 
qu'on aurait besoin d'une preuve de vaccination pour voyager à l'international. Euh, ça, ça fait longtemps que ça existe déjà. Il y a des pays dans le monde où il faut euh, démontrer une preuve de vaccination contre certaines, euh, certains, euh, certaines maladies tropicales, par exemple, pour pouvoir euh, aller dans ces pays-là. Donc, c'est déjà bien établi et euh, c'est quelque chose que euh, les, les pays euh, explorent activement et le Canada fait partie de cette réflexion. Mais quand vient la question de distinguer à l'intérieur de notre propre pays euh, sur certaines personnes qui se seraient faites vacciner et d'autres qui euh, ne pourraient pas ou ne choisissent pas de se faire vacciner. Il y a des questions euh, d'équité euh, et de justice par rapport à, à de la discrimination qui pourrait, euh, pourrait être introduite. Euh, je comprends qu'on veut motiver et encourager tout le monde de se faire vacciner. C'est la façon par laquelle on va passer à travers euh, cette crise. Euh, mais il faut réfléchir à ceux qui, à cause de, euh, de, de réalités médicales, à cause de circonstances, euh, ne peuvent pas ou n'ont pas pu se faire vacciner. Il euh, faut avoir une pensée pour, pour la justice et pour, pour l'équité dans toutes nos réflexions. C'est ce que je souligne depuis le début. Euh, mais ces conversations se poursuivent, évidemment. I think it's obviously important to highlight that uh, we want to encourage and motivate people to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. Getting as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible is the way to restore a semblance of, of normality in the coming months. And of course, we're going to make decisions uh, step by step and look at all sorts of different ways, both to encourage people to get vaccinated uh, and uh, keep people safe. The idea of certificates of vaccination for international travel uh, exist already and are well established. There are countries in the world where you uh, shouldn't go unless you can prove, uh, prove that you've been vaccinated against certain tropical diseases, for example. That's well established. Um, but the idea of certificates of vaccination for domestic use to decide, you know, if who can go to a concert or who can uh, go to a particular restaurant or engage in certain activities does bring in questions of equity, uh, questions of fairness. There are some people who, because of medical conditions or other reasons, uh, will not be able to get vaccinated. There are others uh, who are not on priority lists who will have to wait much longer before getting vaccinations. These are things that we have to take into, uh, into account so that, yes, we're looking to try and encourage everyone to get vaccinated as quickly as possible, but we're not discriminating and bringing in unfairness in the process at the same time. On suivi, Marie? Oui, ben en fait, euh, vous avez un peu juste répété la réponse de ce matin sur TV. Donc, ce que je veux savoir, c'est s'il y a un risque de discrimination. Donc, pourquoi est-ce que vous n'excluez pas un passeport vaccinal euh, au niveau domestique? Et puis, ma question de suivi, parlant de, de ne rien exclure, sur la possibilité d'élection, vous avez aussi dit que vous vouliez continuer de travailler pour euh, gérer la pandémie jusqu'à ce qu'on ait traversé cette crise pour tout le monde. Je vous cite... Euh, une traduction un peu bancale, mais c'est ce que vous avez dit. Donc, euh, est-ce que vous excluez maintenant qu'il y ait qu une élection tant que tout le monde n'est pas vacciné? Euh, sinon, c'est quoi votre critère quand vous dites qu'on veut attendre d'avoir traversé la crise? Quel est votre critère avant de tenir une élection? Je comprends, Marie, que les... les partis d'opposition et les journalistes parlementaires passent beaucoup de temps à penser à des élections. Moi, je passe beaucoup de, euh, pas beaucoup de temps à penser à des élections. Ma priorité, c'est la COVID-19, c'est cette pandémie, c'est de rebâtir l'économie euh, le plus rapidement et le plus efficacement possible. C'est ce sur quoi nous travaillons et nous allons continuer de travailler. 
opérateur. Prochaine question au téléphone. Thank you. Merci. Next question, Charlie Pinkerton, iPolitics. Line open. Good morning, Prime Minister. Uh, there was a story in the New York Times uh, yesterday about tens of millions of doses of AstraZeneca's uh, vaccine that's sitting in American facilities. Um, and that's because the states themselves, they haven't approved the vaccines, so they're not being used. But the Biden administration won't approve their shipment to the European Union. Has your government reached out to the Biden administration about Canada being able to access these? Uh, over the past weeks and months, we have engaged with all different vaccine companies, uh, with all of our allies, to talk about getting more doses to Canadians as quickly as possible. Uh, those conversations will be ongoing. We will continue uh, to look to get as many Canadians vaccinated as quickly as possible so we can keep people safe and bring our economy roaring back. Those conversations will continue with everyone. Depuis des, des semaines et des mois, nous parlons avec euh, tous les différentes compagnies de vaccins et euh, nos alliés et partenaires à travers le monde sur euh, notre désir de vacciner les Canadiens le plus rapidement possible pour qu'on puisse ramener notre économie et protéger les gens le plus rapidement possible. Euh, ces conversations, évidemment, vont continuer. Following up. With respect, respect, Prime Minister, you did not uh, directly address the question. Have you spoken to the Biden administration or anyone in your government spoken to the Biden administration about freeing up these tens of millions of doses of AstraZeneca vaccine that are sitting in American facilities? Over the past uh, number of months, we've had uh, lots of great engagements with the American administration on COVID-19, on working together to keep people safe, uh, on vaccinations, on border measures. Those conversations with the Americans will continue as they do with all our partners. Uh, au cours des derniers mois, nous avons eu beaucoup de conversations, incluant directement entre moi et le président Biden, uh, sur la COVID-19, sur notre uh, coopération et collaboration, sur le besoin uh, de faire vacciner nos, uh, nos citoyens, uh, nos, nos, notre besoin de continuer de protéger les gens uh, par les mesures frontalières. Uh, et nous allons continuer d'avoir ces discussions. Merci. Opérateur, dernière question au téléphone avant de passer dans la salle. Thank you. Merci. Prochaine question, Catherine Lévesque, La Presse canadienne. À vous. Oui, bonjour, M. Trudeau. Je voulais revenir sur votre rencontre avec les premiers ministres des provinces et des territoires hier. Je voulais savoir s'ils vous ont directement de redemandé, en fait, une hausse des transferts en santé de 28 milliards de dollars. Et qu'est-ce que vous leur avez répondu? Est-ce que vous leur avez confirmé, finalement, que ça ne se retrouverait pas au prochain budget? D'abord, on continue d'avoir de très bonnes rencontres avec les premiers ministres. C'était notre 28e rencontre des premiers ministres hier soir, Catherine, puis je peux souligner que ça a été une conversation extrêmement positive, mais qui était évidemment concentrée sur ce sombre anniversaire que nous marquons d'un an depuis le début de la, de la pandémie et sur le travail que nous faisons ensemble pour assurer que maintenant et dans les semaines à venir, les Canadiens reçoivent l'appui, le soutien et les vaccins nécessaires pour passer à travers. On a parlé de, des, différents, des, des différents processus de vaccination, de l'augmentation des moyens de vaccination, de l'augmentation des vaccins qui arrivent. Et je leur ai rappelé que nous avions été là pour appuyer les provinces et territoires, comme on a été là pour appuyer les, provinces, les citoyens depuis les débuts de cette pandémie. Et par rapport aux coûts supplémentaires à cause de la pandémie liés au système de santé, nous allons continuer d'être là pour appuyer les provinces. 
par rapport à, à, à l'avenir long terme de notre système de santé. Euh, J'ai souligné encore une fois que euh, nous allons avoir ces discussions une fois qu'on passe à, à travers cette crise ponctuelle euh, et que je reconnais que nous allons avoir besoin d'augmenter les transferts en santé pour le long terme. Mais maintenant, avec les dizaines de milliards de dollars qu'on a envoyés aux provinces, on va continuer d'assurer que les gens ont les ressources pour aujourd'hui et demain pendant cette pandémie. On suivi, Catherine oui, donc j'en je, comprends que donc le sujet a été abordé. Là, si je lis entre les lignes, là, vous me direz si je me trompe. Et je voulais aussi vous demander pourquoi on n'a toujours pas de date de budget. Pourquoi est-ce qu'on attend jusqu'en avril pour dévoiler euh, un état des finances au pays? Vous ne pensez pas que les, les Canadiens devraient le savoir un peu avant euh, la mi-avril? Euh, depuis les débuts de cette pandémie, on a été extrêmement transparent avec euh, les investissements qu'on fait pour appuyer euh, les familles, les travailleurs, euh, les, les provinces et les territoires. Euh, on va continuer euh, d'être extrêmement ouvert avec le fait qu'on est là pour appuyer les Canadiens avec tout ce que ça prendra, aussi longtemps que ça le prendra. Euh, C'est la promesse qu'on a faite aux Canadiens. Euh, on va dévoiler la date du budget euh, dans, les, dans les semaines à venir, mais euh, les Canadiens peuvent avoir confiance que notre approche, c'est d'être là pour investir dans nos communautés et dans la réussite et la sécurité des Canadiens. Ce n'est pas l'approche de tous les partis politiques. On voit un, un grand débat là-dessus avec les conservateurs qui disent qu'on en fait trop, trop rapidement. Ça va certainement être des conversations qu'on va avoir autour du budget. Mais je peux vous dire que déjà, les bonnes nouvelles qu'on voit par rapport à la reprise économique, c'est lié au fait qu'on a fait des investissements pour s'assurer que les Canadiens puissent passer à travers euh, de la bonne façon de cette pandémie. Merci. On va maintenant passer aux questions dans la salle. Good afternoon, Mr. Trudeau. Uh, my name is Mal Hamidi with the Canadian Press. You have talked repeatedly over the last half year or so about building back better. And you have also uh, hold on, you had, you had actually to uh, repeatedly hold off on bigger picture plans in favor of extending measures, temporary measures for, and programs for, to help Canadians through, through the pandemic. What economic or other markers are you looking for in switching from crisis response to bigger picture recovery? Well, I think uh, everyone knows that we have to get through this pandemic. Uh, we have to make sure that Canadians are safe. Uh, that is the uh, top priority of this government, and that will continue to be the top priority of this government. At the same time, we recognize that one of the best ways of ensuring that our economy comes back strongly, comes roaring back uh, as we get through this pandemic, is to make sure we're giving Canadians the right supports throughout this pandemic. That's why we made a simple promise. We'd be there for people as long as it took, as much as it takes. And that's what we're going to stick with. Next question in the room. Done same, uh, Mr. Trudeau. Chris Nachkate, CTV National News. President Joe Biden last night said Americans are going to be able to have a July 4th barbecue because every American will have their shot by then, a somewhat return back to normal. When are you going to formally change your vaccination timeline for Canadians? Uh, 
the big vaccination timeline that we have been talking about for a long time now has always been the end of March. Uh, and we had a goal of vaccinating or getting 6 million doses into Canada by the end of March. Uh, we're now looking at over 8 million doses by the end of March. So that is good news. Uh, we have also made repeated commitments to Canadians that everyone who wants to get vaccinated will be be vaccinated uh, by hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. September. Uh, that continues. But in my conversation with the provinces uh, last night, we heard from a number of people who are uh, looking to uh, have uh, everyone received a first dose uh, earlier than that. Uh, we will continue to work with uh, experts, work with the various provinces, uh, and do everything we can to get everyone vaccinated as quickly as possible so we can get back to normalcy uh, as soon as possible. Nous avons toujours parlé de deux cibles spécifiques en matière de vaccination. D'abord, fin mars, on avait parlé de 6 millions de doses qui seraient livrées au Canada. On parle maintenant de plus que 8 millions de doses qu'on va avoir au Canada avant la fin mars. Et l'autre cible qu'on visait, c'est d'assurer que tout le monde puisse se faire vacciner avant la fin septembre. On est tout à fait enligné pour ça, mais je peux souligner que, à parler avec les différentes provinces hier soir, on a entendu qu'ils ont des, des, des espoirs de pouvoir vacciner beaucoup de gens, au moins avec une première dose avant, avant le, la, la mi-été. Donc, on peut espérer qu'on va pouvoir avoir des meilleures nouvelles dans les mois à venir, mais nous allons continuer notre travail pour assurer par tous les moyens possibles de vacciner le plus grand nombre de Canadiens le plus rapidement possible pour pouvoir revenir à la normale euh, dès qu'on pourra. Prochaine question. John Perry, CBC. When Donald Trump even threatened to block PPE, there was an uproar uh, in this country. And now you've got the Biden administration actually blocking uh, shipments of vaccines. What do you think about that action by the Biden administration? And are you worried that this kind of response from the United States is going to threaten Canada's shipments of AstraZeneca vaccine? Uh, none of the vaccines uh, that we have been contracted for or promised to Canadians uh, have been blocked either by the European Union uh, or by, by the United States. Uh, we have signed 
significant contracts for uh, tens of millions of doses that will be arriving in the coming months. Uh, and we are confident that, uh, that there will not be interruptions to those vaccines. But it's one of the reasons why we have signed uh, a more diverse portfolio than just about any other country for more potential doses per Canadian than for any other uh, uh, citizens in the world, because we knew that there was always a potential of challenges around that. That's how we make sure that we're going to be able to vaccinate as many Canadians as possible as quickly as possible. Uh, on AstraZeneca, we have a contract for uh, about 20 million doses uh, this year, uh, and we are looking forward to receiving a schedule on those doses, uh, hopefully in the coming weeks. We will continue to work to get as many doses as possible, as quickly as possible, for Canadians. Depuis les débuts, nous savions que nous devions signer des différents contrats avec des différentes compagnies pour assurer qu'il euh, y ait de la résilience dans notre chaîne d'approvisionnement, pour s'assurer que s'il y avait des défis ou des délais ou même des blocages en, en, en quelques endroits, on allait quand même pouvoir livrer des vaccins pour les Canadiens. Et je peux souligner qu'aucun des livraisons de vaccins n'ont été bloquées par euh, l'Union européenne ou par les États-Unis ou par d'autres. Nous allons continuer de recevoir les vaccins euh, qu'on a commandés euh, et je peux rassurer les Canadiens à ce niveau-là. Je veux aussi souligner que par rapport à AstraZeneca, euh, on a un contrat pour 20 millions de doses cette année. Euh, on espère qu'on va commencer à en recevoir bientôt euh, de cette commande-là, mais euh, nous attendons euh, l'horaire de, de, de livraison euh, le calendrier de livraison euh, le plus rapidement possible. Bonjour, M. Trudeau, Louis Blouin, Radio-Canada. Vous dites qu'il y a trois ans, vous n'étiez pas au courant de l'existence d'allégations contre le général Vance. Qu'est-ce que vous dites aux Canadiens qui regardent ça, qui se disent comment le numéro un de l'armée peut-il être ciblé par des allégations et que le premier ministre ne soit pas au courant? Euh, au, au final... Est-ce que M. Sajjan et votre personnel n'avaient-ils pas l'obligation morale de vous le dire? Puis vous, est-ce que vous aimeriez pas être au courant d'informations aussi délicates que ça? D'abord, comme vous savez tous, c'est extrêmement important pour moi que quiconque euh, qui sert dans nos forces armées ou qui travaille euh, dans la fonction publique ou n'importe où au Canada euh, ait un environnement de travail sain sécuritaire et ait des moyens de faire des plaintes et de se faire entendre s'ils subissent de l'intimidation, de l'harcèlement, de l'agression. Ça a toujours été une priorité pour moi et c'est quelque chose que mon gouvernement a toujours pris au sérieux. On a mis en place de plus en plus de mesures pour permettre et un changement de culture et pour créer des ressources et des appuis pour des gens qui viennent à l'avant. Mais une chose qu'on n'a pas fait et qu'on ne devrait pas faire, c'est de donner à des politiciens la responsabilité d'enquêter sur des allégations eux-mêmes. On a toujours besoin d'avoir des processus indépendants, rigoureux, qui font des suivis sur des plaintes et des allégations. Et c'est exactement ce qui s'est passé dans cette situation-ci. Le ministre Sajjan a encouragé, a, 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 a dit... Euh, au, à l'Ombudsman euh, d'amener euh, ces preuves et d'amener cette plainte-là à des instances indépendantes qui allaient pouvoir faire le suivi de façon rigoureuse. Et mon bureau était au courant euh, qu'il y avait euh, des plaintes euh, qui avaient été dirigées vers des instances euh, indépendantes, mais ces plaintes n'ont pas pu euh, avoir de suivi parce que l'information n'a pas été donnée. 
I think everyone knows how important it is me it is to me uh, that women and men who serve in the Canadian Armed Forces or anyone who works in the public service or anyone who works in any workplace across the country has a safe work environment and has uh, the resources and the supports needed to come forward uh, with any allegations of inappropriate or harmful behavior. Um, that is something that we have taken significant steps on over the past number of years, but obviously there is much more to do, particularly uh, given recent revelations uh, about uh, what's going on within the Canadian Armed Forces. The one thing that in all the different measures we've put forward to better respond to allegations and, and concerns is that we haven't given politicians themselves more tools to investigate uh, allegations of malfeasance or wrongdoing. It's not for politicians to do that. It is for independent, rigorous indep uh, uh, authorities uh, to follow up in the right way. And that's exactly what happened when the ombudsperson came forward to Minister Sajjan to highlight allegations that he had received uh, about the Chief of Defence Staff. Uh, the Defence Minister, quite appropriately, said, I'm not the person who can investigate this. You need to go to the appropriate independent authorities who will follow up on this and take this very seriously. Our job as politicians is to make sure that these structures are there and that any allegations are taken seriously. This is what my office was aware of, that uh, allegations were directed towards independent authorities. Now, uh, it turns out that those independent authorities uh, never received enough information to actually proceed uh, with uh, a full investigation, but that is uh, something that is the right of people to come forward to who don't want to give uh, more information. And we always have to walk that line very, very carefully, and as a government, we always have. Um, when we first uh, broke the story on these allegations against General Vance, you and your office told us that you only learned of the allegations through our reporting. In fact, I think you may have said that in the House of Commons. But I think earlier this week or earlier on in the last few days, you yourself have since confirmed that your office did know three years ago of these misconduct allegations against Vance. So the first question is, why are we having such difficulty getting a straight answer on that issue? And then B, why three years ago? Why, it seems like your office, somebody turned a blind eye, essentially, to these allegations. On the contrary, David. Uh, three years ago, when the ombudsperson came forward to the minister and said, I have received allegations uh, against the chief of defense staff, uh, the minister, quite rightly, directed uh, the ombudsperson to the independent authorities who could follow up and create that investigation. My office was aware that there had been allegations that were directed to uh, the independent authorities. The substance of those allegations, the details of those allegations, were not known uh, by my office. Uh, now, three years later, uh, as these uh, events come forward with details of what those allegations are, I and my office learned about them through the reporting uh, and, the, and the questions posed uh, by the reporters at uh, Global News. Il y a trois ans, quand l'Ombudsman est allé voir le ministre de la Défense pour dire qu'il y avait des allégations contre le chef de l'État-major, le ministre a, de façon extrêmement appropriée et 
correcte dit euh, tu dois amener ça à des instances indépendantes qui ont la capacité de faire l'enquête sur des allégations pareilles. Mon bureau était au courant du fait qu'on a référé euh, la, les, ces allégations euh, directement à des instances, mais on n'était pas au courant des détails de ces allégations. Et quand euh, les instances appropriées n'ont pas pu faire de suivi sur ces allégations parce qu'il euh, y avait un manque d'informations, euh, l'enjeu n'a pas été revisité parce qu'il n'y avait pas eu de processus, il n'y a pas pu avoir de processus. Et donc, euh, il y a quelques mois, quand, euh, par le travail de Global, euh, il y a eu plus d'informations sur ces allégations. C'était la première fois que j'en prenais conscience et que euh, les gens de mon bureau en ont pris conscience des détails. Good afternoon, Mariko Walsh with the Globe and Mail. Prime Minister, you keep saying in your responses to this that the minister and your government directed these allegations to the independent authorities, but the Privy Council office does not have oversight over the military. So. Why do you keep saying they were the correct body to send this to when they don't have oversight over them? Um, governor and council appointments like the chief of defense staff uh, have uh, a uh, line of responsibility that goes through uh, the uh, public service and indeed through the Privy Council office. Uh, we've seen a lot of discussions now about uh, the appropriate investigative bodies either within the military or independent from the military, and these are all things that we're looking at very carefully in order to make sure that there are stronger processes in place uh, to make sure that anyone who comes forward uh, with uh, allegations or concerns about misconduct of any type uh, is properly heard, properly supported, and that we create a shift in the culture to make sure that these incidents aren't happening in the first place. And we have taken many, many steps since 2015, Marika, on uh, delivering uh, strengthened processes, uh, better, uh, better procedures in place. Uh, but obviously, there is more we need to do, and we will uh, continue to do more. Uh, évidemment. Euh, malgré tout ce qu'on a fait depuis 2015 pour augmenter euh, les ressources et les, euh, les façons euh, de euh, poursuivre des plaintes ou des préoccupations euh, que les gens pourraient avoir, euh, on a évidemment besoin d'en faire plus et nous allons en faire plus. Merci beaucoup, Monsieur le Premier ministre. C'est tout le temps que vous avez avec nous aujourd'hui. Well, Merci beaucoup. We'll now, back, we'll now go back to questions in the room since we don't have any queue on the phone right now. Questions for ministers and doctors starting now. Thank you very much. David Aiken, Global News. Uh, I guess I'll start with a question first for Minister Haidu in beautiful Thunder Bay. You know it very well, like it, except for the cold in March. Um, and uh, maybe for Dr. Tam as uh, well. Um, this is from my colleague Eric Sorensen, who uh, he was asking or noting that some epidemiologists now suggest that uh, the new variants, you know, should not be blown out of proportion, though modeling indicates they are more transmissible. So I wondered if I can get your thoughts then. As spring arrives, Canadians are itching for a return to more normal life. Is there anything in the data that troubles you at this point? Do you expect a third wave? What can you say to Canadians about that, uh, Minister Haidu and Dr. Tam? Well, thanks, David, and thanks for the shout-out uh, uh, to Thunder Bay. I think I'll turn that to Dr. Tam, though it's a very scientific question. Sure. Yes, thank you so much. And we're constantly learning about variants as we're going along. And of course, we uh, try to look towards other countries in the data, such as the United Kingdom, 
and elsewhere because they were ahead of us uh, in terms of the knowledge. And so we take into account what we learned uh, in that context. Of course, Canada is not the same uh, as, as England and didn't have the same set of conditions. And we, um, you know, hadn't sort of loosened our measures and, and put on the brakes just around that Christmas to the time period as well in many jurisdictions. So the context is a bit different. So we were anxious certainly to get some Canadian data on um, you know, how transmissible is this var the variant, the predominant one, as I said in my uh, opening remarks, is the B117. And uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the Ontario data, but that, that's where um, a lot of the B117 variants are occurring. Um, and either their initial estimates in that context for the uh, reproduction uh, number is that it's, it's sort of over the 1.2 mark, whereas the current estimate for the reproduction number uh, for the um, strains prior to that uh, is now just under one. So there is a difference in transmissibility, of course, between the B117 and the rest. And it, that might be a little bit lower than what we were seeing in um, the, the United Kingdom. Um, but that's also because of the great work that people have been doing in uh, the public health measures. As we see those public health measures ease, that reproduction number may well change due to a complexity of different circumstances. So I think it is really important still to be very vigilant about these variants. They are definitely more transmissible. I've heard uh, accounts of uh, actual outbreaks where the attack rate was that much higher with the B117 variant. Very difficult to uh, stop once uh, this, this starts. You've seen uh, Newfoundland, what happened there in a, a jurisdiction that had uh, things well under control. Um, the other aspect of the variants that we are very uh, concerned about, of course, is the impact on severity or serious outcomes. And there is increasing strength of evidence to show that um, the B117 variant, for example, can result in increased uh, mortality and serious uh, um, you know, outcomes such as hospitalizations and ICU use. So I, I think that as we watch this space really carefully, we might just see that in Canada. So uh, we just got to be cautious. Thank you very much. Uh, Follow-up is uh, just for Minister Anand. Minister, um, earlier this week on Tuesday, we asked your departmental officials what we thought was a pretty basic question, which is, can you tell us where uh, the current vaccines are manufactured? And they sent us an, an answer at 7.30 last night that there was no answer. So what we're looking for, and I, th I think we've had some of this on the public record, but if you can go over it, what city and country is the Pfizer vaccine that we're getting manufactured in? What city and country is the Moderna vaccine that we're now getting manufactured in? And I know we're talking about where the J&J &J vaccine, where the AstraZeneca vaccines are coming from, but can you narrow it down rather than just Europe and America to the state, city, and country where the J&J &J and AstraZeneca vaccines are likely to come from. Are, are you able to do that for us? Uh, sure. Can I just clarify, are you asking about all four vaccines or two vaccines? Because you mentioned all four in there. I'm asking for all four, recognizing that I think the last we heard, supply chain discussions are still underway for J&J &J 
and AstraZeneca, but feel free to update that. But obviously we're getting Moderna and Pfizer right now. So we'd like to know this, the source of the facility where those are coming from. And then can you tell us that you, clearly you must have some idea where the factories are that are going to make the future AstraZeneca's, not the one coming from India, but the, few, the ones that AstraZeneca itself is going to deliver. That's what we're looking about. And then also what plants is J&J &J thinking about to make the Janssen vaccine that is going to be coming our way in the third quarter? Okay, so I believe it is on the public record that our doses of Pfizer are coming from the PERS plant in Belgium. Uh, in addition, our doses from um, Moderna are um, coming from both uh, Switzerland and Spain, given that they're, the process of fill and finish occurs um, in a different country than the actual production. Uh, so. Again, we're getting product out of Europe. We've been able to get product out of Europe. And it's really important to know that despite trans, um, kind of transparency mechanisms that the European Union is putting in place, we've been working with our counterparts and we're getting our product up out of Europe and that will be 8 million into Canada prior to the end of March. In terms of the production of the two most recently approved vaccines, um, being J&J &J and AstraZeneca, I've previously indicated that the AstraZeneca vaccine will be coming from the United States. Uh, and in terms of J&J, &J, actually, in my conversations with J&J &J, as recently as uh, this week, we are being told that there are multiple possibilities uh, for the sourcing of the J&J &J vaccine, and we are still in discussions with them regarding where precisely the J&J &J vaccine will be coming from into Canada. Suffice it to say, though, that we are expecting delivery schedules from both AstraZeneca and J&J &J in the very near future. We have 10 million single-shot vaccines coming from J&J, &J, 20 million uh, vaccines coming from AstraZeneca. And in the meantime, because we have approval of AstraZeneca, we made sure to source uh, additional areas of supply for that AstraZeneca vaccine. That was what led to the finalization of our Serum Institute deal for the AstraZeneca Covishield vaccine, uh, a deal for 2 million additional vaccines of that sort on top of our 20 million uh, AstraZeneca doses. So our strategy has been all along, you can see from my response just now, to diversify our supply chains, to ensure that Canadians can have product, have vaccines from multiple sources of supply, multiple suppliers, and multiple countries, so that we are not negatively <laughs> impacted by any control restrictions that might be placed on us. And that's what exactly what we're able to deliver for Canadians. That's the benefit of a diversified portfolio. And we are going to see those benefits manifested over the next weeks and months. As we know, over the month of April, we're on track to receive 7 million doses from Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca Covishield alone, with a million doses per week through midway from through mid-May from Pfizer. So that is a very steep ramp up in our vaccines importing into Canada. And we're going to continue to see large numbers in vaccines coming to this country, 36.5 million doses prior to the end of June and 118 million doses prior to the end of September. Thank you.
Thank you. We'll now go to the next question in the room. There's Marika Walsh with the Globe and Mail. Minister Haidu, I'm wondering if you can tell us when you first learned there were allegations against the former Chief of Defense Staff, Jonathan Vance. Was it in 2018 as well, or was it more recently? And if so, when? Um, I wasn't aware of allegations until uh, the information was present in the media just recently. How your government handled the allegations in 2018. Do you feel that more specifics needed to be brought forward for the government to act, or do you believe that simply knowing that there is an allegation could have or should have prompted a review? Uh, well, well, thank you, uh, Marika. I have no reason to doubt the appropriateness of the actions that were taken by my colleague, uh, Minister Sajjan. And of, of course, uh, having been the minister responsible for uh, the legislation around harassment and violence in the workplace, of course, it is difficult to investigate allegations without details. So I don't know the specifics of the case. I don't feel qualified to weigh in on the specifics of this particular case. But suffice to say, um, you know, Minister Sajjan has my full support. And these are are difficult situations. Clearly, the Prime Minister has made a commitment to um, strengthen supports and, and processes for people in the Canadian Armed Forces. And, uh, uh, of course, I, I share the Prime Minister and Minister Sajjan's uh, um, uh, deep abhorrence for any woman's experience of harassment or violence in the workplace. Hi, Minister Louis Blouin here from Radio-Canada. The question for Minister Aidu about um, proof of vaccination and vaccination passports for domestic use. Uh, what can you tell me about what is being considered right now about that? And do you have any worries? The Prime Minister spoke about equity discrimination uh, for a domestic passport. Uh, what do you think about that? And what is being considered right now? What, what is the reflection of the federal government uh, is about? Merci pour la question. Uh, L'enjeu le, de passeport pour uh, vacciner, vaccination est un uh, vrai, um, vrai enjeu. Mais uh, pour uh, me, as a federal health minister, I'm focused on the conversations that international partners are having around vaccine certification as a requirement for international travel. Of course, uh, we believe that Canada needs to be part of those conversations, first of all, to have influence at those tables uh, in terms of how that might unfold, but also to make sure that uh, Canada is not left behind if the world embarks on a new requirement for international travel that requires some form of health certification. And so it's very important that we're involved in those conversations. I share the Prime Minister's concerns, though, around uh, passports or some proof of vaccination for participation in everyday life in Canada. Obviously, there are settings where vaccination is required already to participate. For example, uh, schools and certain healthcare settings, people must show vaccination against certain illnesses. And those are all uh, largely provincial decisions. And of course, they're very difficult ones. But uh, certainly, I know provinces and territories are, are deliberating about those kinds of decisions that are coming their way as more people become vaccinated. Is there not a risk that we end up with a patchwork in Canada where businesses, cities, 
provinces would have different approaches uh, regarding to vaccinal passports? And what does the federal government can do? Can, can we prohibit uh, that kind of passport in Canada? Could the federal government do that? Et Monsieur Leblanc, n'hésitez pas à vous en mêler uh, si vous voulez en français. I'll start in English and then uh, Minister Leblanc can help me out in French. Um, the uh, federal government uh, currently doesn't interfere in provincial decisions around, for example, vaccinations in, in, in uh, provincial school boards. This is a very common example that maybe many parents across the country will relate to. In order for a child to be registered for kindergarten classes, for example, um, oftentimes, and in fact, most times, families must uh, show proof of vaccination or some reason why that child cannot be vaccinated. And of course, that's to protect children um, and their families from common childhood illnesses that used to be far more uh, endemic and, and of course, uh, very dangerous to children and, and their families. So these are decisions that provinces and territories take on a routine basis. Uh, in terms of um, participation in everyday life, again, uh, the federal government, um, you know, obviously leaves many of those decisions to the provinces and territories where rightfully so they have the jurisdictional authority and responsibility to make those decisions. Oui, si vous, si vous me permettez, uh, Anne-Clara, je pense, uh, Patty Haidu a bien expliqué que la question des attestations de vaccination ou preuves de vaccination euh, sont déjà des questions qui se posent euh, dans des provinces et des territoires, que ce soit dans le milieu scolaire ou autre. Alors, c'est proprement une discussion que les provinces devront avoir en ce qui a trait à, au niveau d'attestation de, de, ou de confirmation de vaccination dans le contexte de COVID. On parle évidemment, comme le premier ministre a mentionné, il y a quelques moments, du contexte domestique. Nous, euh, comme gouvernement national, nous allons s'occuper des conversations à l'international avec euh, des alliés, évidemment, l'importance des États-Unis, puis avoir une cohérence en termes de, de traverser les frontières avec les États-Unis. C'est le genre de conversation que, comme gouvernement national, nous aurons au cours des prochaines semaines et prochains mois afin d'arriver à la réponse équitable et appropriée. Hey, good afternoon. My question is for Dr. Tam. My name is Mal Hamidi. I'm with the Canadian Press. Uh, you, have, you keep saying that every Canadian that wants a vaccine is going to get a vaccine by, by September. But the chief medical advisor says it's unlikely that vaccines will be approved for kids under 12 by then. So why are you saying that? Sorry. Um, it's not just me saying it. Uh, it's for anyone who's authorized, of course. Um, to get it. Anyone who's eligible, authorized, and want to get it should be able to get that vaccine by uh, end of September. We will get more uh, data from vaccine manufacturers in terms of the clinical trials in younger people, and that would be expected later on in the year. So um, it, it, I, I think you just have to unpack what that sentence actually means, but nobody's going to be um, provided with a vaccine that isn't authorized for use in, in those age groups. Thank you, Dr. Tam. I think this is what ends today's presser. This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information.